morning, Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another fiery, feisty sort of Friday, friends. It's, it's going to be a little bit different today, friends, uh, using a different microphone setup, but jumping right into Torch Report 403, Nero Strike, Brain Weapons Go Mainstream. Just when you thought you've heard it all, the mainstream media drops a bombshell. As I was saying today, uh, out in the Washington Times... China's military is leading the world in brain neurostrike weapons. Now, get that. I mean, that's a pretty mainstream publication there. And I just want to start out with a little uh, victory lap because it's refreshing, if only a little disturbing, to see that the uh, media is reporting on the fact that China is leading the world with brain neurostrike weapons. That's the front page news. And thus... The last two reports, uh, Torch Report 401, Torch Report 402 on psychotronics and psychic warfare and transforming human consciousness. Now these reports have a loose counterpart in the mainstream media. So maybe more people will be waking up to it. I don't know. But I want to share this article opens up with, quote, China's People Liberation, People's Liberation Army is developing high-technology weapons designed to disrupt brain function and influence government leaders or entire populations, according to a report by three open-source intelligence analysts. It goes on, the weapons can be used to directly or to directly attack or control brains using microwave or other directed energy weapons in handheld guns or larger weapons firing electromagnetic beams, adding that the danger of China's brain warfare weapons uh, are, are no longer theoretical. So period, end quote, friends, there you have it. Brain warfare weapons are no longer theoretical. And we know that because just over the last couple of days, we've been looking at, on, about the fact they've been using space-based systems for mind control. They've been studying this since the 1980s. Here now, it's out in the mainstream media just a little bit. But what what's, you know, it's shocking what they can do, right? They can disrupt brain functions, and influence government leaders or entire populations. What could go wrong? (laughs) Now, of course, if you've been following along, you know, you already know all this, and this article in the Washington Times is nothing new. But it does go on to say that neurostrike capabilities are part of, quote, standard military capabilities. They say that it, uh, you know, neurostrike meant, you know, warfare, this, you know, brain warfare weapons. Eh, we should not view that as unconventional. You know, it shouldn't. It's not limited to use in extreme circumstances. You see, I mean, it's not unconventional to zap somebody's brain, you know, say a government leader or an entire population to, quote, impair their thinking, reduce situational awareness and cloud normative cognitive, normal cognitive functions. I mean, come on, that's just standard stuff these days. No extreme circumstances needed to deploy it. I mean, if you got some annoying peasant who's being a nuisance or some pesky population who needs a gentle mental adjustment, they've got the technology to do that. You know, evidently, most of these uh, direct energy weapons, they're pretty painless. 
Of course, unless they turn the dial up to melt your flesh off, which is also a possibility. But friends, did I mention these weapons can disorient or even control enemy cognition? Control enemy cognition. Wow. That would be the mind control that we were looking at, right? The communist mind control. So we have an article out in the Washington Times talking about China's military leading the world in brain neurostrike weapons. And they're talking about how these weapons can be used to zap somebody's brain, impair their thinking, reduce awareness, cloud cognitive function. But it can even control cognition. Friends, uh, it's it's mind-boggling. <laughs> you know, if they can zap the brain to cause confusion, disorientation, and to control mental cognition at the population level, that is unbelievable. Now, on the note of targeting whole population levels, how do you think they're going to pull off uh, targeting an entire population with this, you know, 21st century mind-controlled technology? How do you think they're going to do that? You know, well, how about those space-based weapon systems for mind control they were researching in the 1980s? Friends, it's all out now. The truth is coming to light, and it's it's insane. <laughs> it's crazy. It's a little scary, to be honest. But, you know, this would be science fiction at its finest, right? It's, it's entertaining, and yet it's reality, and it's happening right now. We got to talk about it. As previously discussed, you know, they, they've been de- developing these technologies for a long time. So the question is, how long have they been using these technologies? How long have they been using these, you know, mind control techniques in a clandestine fashion? Maybe the most important question, friends, is how would we ever know? But, <laughs> Enough of this crackpot conspiracy. It's not crackpot conspiracy come true. Uh, We've got other things to tackle today, friends, like the FBI freaking out about deep fakes. That's the story we're going to get into. And then also humanoid AI robots telling the United Nations that they can run the world better than humans. Both of those articles out in the news today. Now, the article on the FBI and the deep fakes is coming from the state propaganda mouthpiece Vice. And Vice uh, purports to, to expose some internal emails showing that FBI officials were freaking out because they could not effectively detect the AI-generated images. And that was back in 2018. So let me ask you, what do you think's happened with this technology since then? Has it gotten better or has it gotten worse? You know, obviously, the AI has only gotten better over the last five years. So one can only imagine, you know, the deep fake technologies now, five years later, five years after the FBI was freaking out, they couldn't detect the fakes. Now, you know, the technology has transcended so far beyond the capacity of the average citizen to discern what's real and what's not real. If the FBI could not detect a deepfake five years ago, the average peasant is now woefully blind to this deception, okay? Any image could be created for any reason, and no one's ever going to be able to detect whether the picture, the video, or the audio is genuine, and whether or not it was created by artificial intelligence or an intelligence agency or what have you. You know, the implications of this are immense. It ultimately brings up the same question. How would we ever know? 
You can only imagine what they might be able to use this kind of technology for, extortion, etc. But how would we ever know? To run a narrative, to run propaganda at a level that people can't even tell the difference. How would we ever know? Friends, we wouldn't know. But wouldn't you know it that they do have a solution? Okay, the good news is they have a solution, and the solution is we just need to trust them. We need to trust them since we know for sure that the government, especially the intelligence agencies, never, ever do anything wrong. They never, ever turn their formidable assets against we, the American people. And so it only makes sense that the government's solution is more government spending on more government programs for more government control. And we just have to trust them. Now, this time, we're being told to trust DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. DARPA, those guys that hang out in the dark, dingy basements and figure out how to conquer the world with modern technologies. DARPA, the same ones that are, you know, closely related to BARDA, which is the biodefense and all this stuff, friends. DARPA, they launched a program called Media Forensics, known as Metaphor, which sounds strangely like metaphor to me. A little wordplay there, but they launched Media Forensics and they launched another program called semantic forensics. I want to go, I want to dive into those more later, but you know, today, today I just want to state that I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by the fact that the metaphor program went quiet on December 21st, 2019. So they had this uh, advanced research project to conduct media forensics to differentiate deep fakes from reality. And it just went quiet weeks before the pandemic kicked off. And when I read that, man, I started to remember, remember all those images of all those bodies overflowing in the morgues? And I mean, that just kicked everybody in the high gear and holy crap, you know, we're all gonna die. Now, those pictures were everywhere. They were branding this image of morgues and body bags, you know, branding the images of a catastrophic pandemic into the public psyche. But... Based on the uh, the 2018, the FBI's concerns in 2018 about deepfakes, and then the DARPA project that mysteriously ended in December 2019, how are we supposed to know whether these images are real or not? Because the FBI couldn't discern a deepfake years before, and DARPA's working on things, but then they just suddenly stopped. I mean, how are we supposed to know whether these images are real or not? And I remember early in the pandemic, Seeing people uh, videoing their local hospitals, right? The beds were empty. They're posting it like, hey, look, there's not, nothing going on here. You know, where are all the sick people at? Where are all these bodies supposedly piling up? Why do we only see it on the internet? Something wasn't adding up. And that's where my head was at during the earliest days of the pandemic. You know, the pandemic ultimately caught up with me at a conference. I was down in Arizona, March of 2020. And I was in town. I'd already checked into my hotel Uh, And then the email came through that the event was canceled. What? I mean, I'm already here. What do you mean? Evidently, it had just been declared, COVID had been declared an emergency, even though everyone around me seemed to be just fine. And that's when things got real weird, real fast. You know, people started covering up their faces and being afraid to leave their house. And people started hoarding toilet paper and and everybody started looking at everyone else as if they were packing some sort of deadly disease. But where was the evidence for any of this panic except for on the Internet? 
And here we are now. And now, of course, many people, it's become cool to question the pandemic. I mean, I don't know. There's some, some things that I don't add up, you know, the plandemic, you know, the shandemic, the science and all the rest of it. But in the beginning, there were very few people who were able to maintain their curiosity, maintain their critical thinking under the barrage of relentless propaganda. And of course, that's understandable, given the fact that we are merely hackable animals. Uh, but they were deploying military-grade psyops against the panicking public. You know, the propaganda provoked the panic that led to preemptive measures and all of that. I've talked about it at length. Now, what I find interesting here today, as I was digging into this BARDA stuff, uh, is that, and the, and the images of the, the FBI talking about the deepfakes, I find that the stories and the images about the bodies overflowing morgues were hitting the New York Times at the end of February 2020. I put a screenshot of the search results in here. New York Times, uh, February 25th, 2020, piled bodies overflowing morgues. And then uh, coronavirus pandemic causes overflow of bodies. And it goes on. There's another uh, link in there, ForensicSources.org. That one caught my eye. You know, National Guard called in as Texas morgues overflow with bodies. And, you know, this is something, you know, and I, I wanted to highlight that forensic sources because it caught my eye because of those two DARPA forensics projects. So these forensic sources, hmm, and they've got these forensics pro, uh, projects, ah, you know, plus the fact that it's smack dab in the middle of some very shady reporting by the New York Times, you know, as in shady, as in it's, you know, government psyops being pumped through the mainstream media. But here, here's the issue with the New York Times and the forensic sources pushing this overflowing morgues narrative at the end of February, okay? It doesn't line up with the official timeline of events as archived by the CDC. So if you go to the cdc.gov website and check out their Museum of COVID, which I did put the link there and I took a screenshot. Friends, uh, please know if you're listening on a podcast platform, you just have to go to thetorchreport.com. Check out Torch Report 3, uh, I'm sorry, 403. You'll see this screenshot from the archives at the CDC. It's a timeline and I've highlighted some things here. According to the CDC's Museum of COVID-19 timeline coming into the second week of February. As of, you know, February 10th, 2020, there were only 1,013 deaths reported worldwide. Now, by mid-February, the CDC had confirmed 15 cases in the United States. And uh, they'd noticed that a high percentage of these so-called cases were simply asymptomatic individuals testing positive. That means they weren't sick and they definitely weren't dying. And that's of February 18th, according to the CDC's official timeline. OK, OK. But then on 20, uh, February 25th, just one week later. So we go from, you know, maybe 20 cases at the most asymptomatic t testing and all this kind of stuff. On 20, uh, February 25th, the New York Times and others run the story on overflowing morgues. And apparently they had pictures to back up the panic. And of course, interestingly enough, these panic porn pictures hit the net, hit the Internet the exact same day that the CDC was telling the nation to brace for mitigation efforts, stating that the disruption to everyday life may be severe. On the CDC's website, February 25th, 2020, 
Uh, they held a telebriefing, bracing the nation to expect mitigation efforts to contain the SARS-CoV-2 virus in the U.S. It may include school closings, workplace shutdowns, and canceling of large gatherings and public events, stating the disruption to everyday life may be severe. That Announcement by the CDC, that briefing by the CDC came out the exact same day that the New York Times was running headlines on morgues overflowing, running pictures that seemed to show morgues overflowing. And of course, that's just pouring more fuel on the fire of panic, right? People are, you know, freaking out more than the more than the FBI was freaking out about deep state, uh, deep state, deep fakes. You know, the, the public was freaking out about the invisible enemy. But the timing of the images, the timing of the propaganda and the proclamation to panic, it all points toward an orchestrated psyop, period. You know, but what do you think? You know, you don't have to take my word for it. I'm just an ignorant peasant. I'm just pointing out some things that don't add up here. Do you think that we went as a nation from 20 or so mostly asymptomatic cases to overflowing morgues in just one week? Of course not. You know, that's not logical, but that's the point. People don't think logically when they're panicked. And when they're, you know, when the, when the government has tools, whether the Chinese government or our own government has tools to, you know, zap people's brains and make them confused and panicked, holy smokes. Now, woven throughout those search results, uh, regarding the overflowing morgues was the fact that there was an autopsy crisis that was causing morgues to overflow, or so they claim. And of course, if there was an autopsy crisis right beforehand, that would make for a great photo shoot. But then those photos, you know, whether they were AI generated or it was a great photo shoot of overflowing morgues, whatever, it was merged with the pandemic. And that caused, you know, Again, more stories to come out about it. And, you know, oh, the Texas National Guard's being called in to deal with all these piled up bodies. You know, where they got to throw these piles of bodies in the back of freezer trucks because of COVID. El COVID, as they would say in Texas. Now, Tejas. Now, it's interesting to me that the story was coming out of an Australian news source. The story about Texas National Guard. Uh, Why was it coming out of Australia? It, because and that's interesting to me because Australia is one of the five eyes, right? The the United Intelligence, Western Intelligence Agencies from the U.S., the U.K., New Zealand, Canada, and Australia, all of whom happen to be in complete lockstep throughout the whole planned operation, and this seems to support the suggestion that our own damn intelligence agencies were using deep fake technologies to push this propaganda worldwide, but. Of course, how would we ever know? Friends, for all of the reasons above and more, I'm not inclined to trust DARPA or any other government agency with technologies that are capable of neurostriking people. You know, these neurostrike weapons, these psychotronics, you know, this ability to perpetrate mind control on the unsuspecting public. I do not trust that technology in the hands of anyone. And the fact that they are openly acknowledging these technologies do exist and that they're pointing the finger at China as the boogeyman, this only serves to intensify my suspicion that these fifth-generation warfare technologies are already widely in use today. That said, I'm also not inclined to trust that the United Nations really intends to use AI for any other purpose other than advancing their sick and twisted anti-human agenda. You know, they've got the hands. The global cabal has their hands on it all. And as always, they claim that they're going to use these technologies for the greater good. 
But as always, only a fool would be naive enough to believe that it was about anything other than more power and more control. And depopulation, because that's their stated goal. The question in my mind, or the questions still looming to me are, geez, could the global cabal be using all of these technologies in concert? The deep fakes, you know, the space-based weapons of mind control, that you know, the, the neuro strike, the, the psycho, uh, the psychic warfare and all this stuff. Could they be using all of this in concert and doing so in a way that's allowing them to call the human herd in broad daylight? Could they be manipulating the masses with mind control, impairing people's ability to think and clouding cognitive functions so they can pull off these heinous crimes against humanity? Does that explain the skyrocketing mental health crisis, the increasingly strange behavior that's on display everywhere, every day. I mean, how else do you explain it? How about that possibility that maybe they're using these technologies to target and manipulate our political leaders? Maybe that's what's causing them to disregard their oaths of office, to forsake their country and betray the American people. I don't know. But in my mind, friends, the answer is yes to all of the above. We know for sure that it's possible. There's no doubt about it. We've been looking at it all week. But that said, if I'm honest, I still have to speculate and ask the question, how would we ever know? Friends, we need to stay curious. And that is the message of my heart for today. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to find that little heart on the website. Click the heart and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace the rest of this fine, fabulous, fantastic Friday. And hey, have a great weekend. Don't forget you can tune in to the Torch Report Weekend Review Sunday at 1 o'clock. Link on the website there. Get out there and embrace the rest of this day. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.